On this episode, we discuss Morbius. Live from Brooklyn, New York! This is the point where the people who've never been to these shows before are like, oh, they're really just sitting at that table. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I apologize to everyone sitting in this general's uh, uh, Apologize for how much of Elliot they get to see. Thank you. Thank you. You need to sit over there. Because I'm not tall enough to really be seen over the table. So if you want to see me, you got it over there. Elliot was doing some squats backstage, and guys... He's got it. Thank you. Thanks. He's got it. He's got it. He's got legs. It. Yeah. Yep. Take him down. So, should boys. we start the show now? Uh, yeah. This is a podcast uh, where we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. In this case, uh, this is a live show. We're, we're back live. Yay! Woo! For the first That's right. time. The first time in a long time. over two years. And so, of course, we went to our old homestead. The Bell House. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, uh, this is where I would want to be. I love this place. The staff are great. Tip the bartenders. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's extremely convenient for two-thirds of us. <laughs> Not you. Not so much for me. Not so much. But I tacked on a visit to my family in New Jersey, so it's all <laughs> worth it. You can, you can write off your love as a work <laughs> expense. Oh, I've been doing that for years. What's, uh, yeah, what, Morbius. What about this movie? <laughs> well, everybody, we're talking about Morbius today. That's right, Morbius. It starts with an M, and that rhymes with movie. No, wait a minute. Hold on. It's the, it starts, M movie starts with M, and that rhymes with, with... Uvi. Uvi. Uh-huh, yeah. Which is uh, not which a word. Which kind of sounds like Oogie Loves. <laughs> yeah. And the great balloon Which is adventure. a movie. Which is a different movie. So, Morbius, I don't have to tell you all in the audience or you listening at home that Morbius was meant to be the, the movie of the summer. Uh, <laughs> it was the movie that was released to theaters only to die, only to rise again and be released a second time to die yet again. Just like Jesus, except dying a second time. Let's see, did Morbius deserve this unheralded fate? I mean, it's a Morbius movie. Of course it's it. Like, before we start talking about the movie, we're, we're going to summarize this movie. Uh, I, I'm curious, show of, of loudness or hands in the audience, how many of you are familiar with the character of Michael Morbius before this movie was announced? Okay. Surprising well, amount. It's, it's too and bad that he... Remember, this is a podcast audience, so those numbers should be yeah, way it's higher. Not a, yeah, this is not an ad- accurate sample size of the American public. Well, they made a point yeah. of calling him Michael Morbius, leaving out the fact that he did all that hard work to become a doctor at age 18. Sorry, Dr. Michael Morbius. You're right. Dr. Michael Morbius, MD. Uh, perhaps, I'm just going to... Morbius go Doctor is what I'm, that stands for. I'm going to... Yeah, Morbius Doctor... <laughs> It's a little redundant, but he insists upon it. He gave himself the degree. I think we could all, it's like Rand Paul with ophthalmology, licensed himself, (laughs) yeah. Uh, I think, let's, I'm going to say something that a lot of, might be a bit of a controversial thing about Spider fans. My second, maybe second least favorite Spider-Man character. Wow. Yeah, ask me who my least favorite one is. Who's your least? Molten Man, (laughs) piece of shit. What a crappy character Molten Man is. He's not even really now, molten. What is, yeah, does he melt? What does he no, do? What he's is, cover, uh, does hot he? metal covered him and somehow gave him super strength and thick skin. And he started out as a crazy guy, but he's also Spider-Man's friend Liz Allen's half-brother, I think. So now he just wears a suit and goes to work every day. <laughs> 
at the chemical like company. Like the metal video. suit or just a normal no, suit? A normal he works suit. at the same place that he had that workplace injury? Yes, he does. <laughs> it's a family business, so he couldn't sue. You know... Their economic uh, pressures. Uh, uh, he's, he's a terrible character, and Morbius is second terrible. And he comes from a time when uh, the comic book code, this is going to be boring, the comic book code in the 1970s. They <laughs> I used mean, to we have, can't skip it. No, it's can't. Always an option. No, no. People saw it was a Morbius episode, they said, get boring. Yeah. Okay. It's, there was a rule that said no vampires. In the 70s, they were like, you know what, you can have vampires. And Marvel was like, great, let's have Spider Man fight Dracula. And then Stan Lee said, no. It's got to be a superhero vampire, not Dracula. And then Dracula showed up later in the Marvel books anyway. So, so they invented this guy. Anyway, Morbius begins in the misty jungles of Costa Rica. And so we sail a, see a helicopter go into a cave full of bats. And it just made me feel bad because Costa Rica is also where all the Jurassic Park shenanigans have. When will American monster stuff stop using Costa Rica as its stomping grounds? You know, it's not fair to the Costa Ricans. It's a lovely country. They're pretty laid back there. They don't even have an army. And it's like, you know what? Leave them alone. Anyway, so that's my, that's my pro-Costa Rica rant. Yeah. Um, stop yeah. sending American vampires to Costa Rica. Come on, everybody. So uh, there's this cave full of bats. What's weird is that Michael Morbius, I think, is already at the cave. He's, like, the helicopter shows up. It's unclear from the editing, at least to me, whether he was on the helicopter or he was just there waiting for his ride. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's on... Oh, no, he does come out of the helicopter. That's right. He comes out on crutches, uh, yeah, and uh, he's amazed, he says, by the power of these vampire bats. And he sets up a big trap that's, like, made out of electric strings or something. Yep. And uh, he, the, his, the helicopter pilot is like, I don't want to stay here past sundown. And this is the problem the movie has, is that it seems to confuse vampire bats with vampires, which are not the same thing. <laughs> vampire bats are just called that because they drink blood, but, like, they're bats. They're just, they're just bats. Yeah, they, don't, yeah. they don't bite you unless you're asleep and you're a cow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you don't really have to worry about it. Better get your I, garlic I do only one of those things. Yeah, that's so true. I'm... And your CPAP machine is so loud, it would scare the bats <laughs> it would away. scare the bats away. It would, it would, mess, with, it would mess with their echo location and they'd crash into walls and you know now here's where i reveal the surprising twist that i have seen morbius twice at this point yeah okay <laughs> as someone who I, I feel bad i said all those bad things about morbius before dan's a real morbhead he was so excited <laughs> so finally my favorite spider-man character second favorite molten man he said is this finally they're gonna make a movie out of him and as he a race to the theaters as a season pass holder uh, <laughs> at uh, the Alamo Draft House and someone who has, you know, interesting work uh, uh, schedules. I think my, at the time you were, you were, let's call it, amorphously employed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, <laughs> my friend John was like, I'm going to Morbius. I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. And it's I, two o'clock on a weekday. <laughs> uh, I'll never die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is no, there is no, maybe no greater spitting in the eye of God than seeing Morbius twice with the limited time that he has given you on this, on this earth. Each man hey. gets three score and ten? I don't think so. I'm seeing Morbius a second time. There, we you make fun of me, prophet. <laughs> we were watching the movie this afternoon and Dan got up to go to the bathroom and he made me pause it. <laughs> <laughs> A half truth at best. Um, no, I just wanted to say that, that like, you I was saw it twice. Now you get only it. this. Well, no, time. I mean the second time I do get something, which is like this. This first scene is set up as if it's going to be a framing device. Like yes. everything yeah. in watching movies, like movie language, taught me to think like, okay, this is a scene. We're seeing a bit of it now. We're going to return to this point at some part of the movie. We never return yeah. to this point. This is not a framing device. This is just like. We want to see bats up top, and then we'll get into chrono chrono chronologically telling yep. the story. Yeah. But in between, 
Dr. Michael Morbius being a uh, child and being an adult, soon-to-be vampire man, there is this scene that we saw earlier, Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's told out of order in a kind of a, yeah. you know, magical realist sort of uh, <laughs> Gabriel Garcia Marquez style. Yeah, it's, it's a brilliant work of You expect yeah. Michael Genius. Morbius to get surrounded by bats and turn and face the camera and say, hey, guys. <laughs> You're probably wondering how I got here. Yeah. yeah. For the, this for hairdresser's those... smock surrounded by bats. <laughs> cool guy like me. We learn over the course of the movie, but we don't. No, you don't. No. Well, we do learn. But anyway, so Morbius cuts his hand and he holds the bloody cut up to the trap. And of course, because bats, like sharks, I guess, can detect a little bit of blood in, in just a lot of air, the bats rush out of that cave to get at that sweet blood. And the crew of the helicopter runs away as Morbius stands up to the bats bravely and lets them, I guess, lick at his hands. Because, <laughs> because... Then we cut to Greece. It says 25 years earlier, even though it seems like the 1950s, but this is like 1997. And we meet young Michael Morbius, not yet the kind of guy who would stick his bloody hand against a bunch of bats. And he loves origami. That's important. And he he lives at a hospital because he's got a rare blood disorder that makes it hard for his body to do stuff. And uh, he's watched over by... (laughs) Emil Nicholas. That's the uh, yeah. technical term. I mean, they don't really go into it much. Dr. Emil Nicholas, played by Jared Harris, one of my favorites. Uh, and he... That's right. He went to Jared. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> so, so. Uh, I'm, re- I'm, reg- I'm regaining my strength. <laughs> Hold on. So Dr. Jared Harris, he goes, oh, there's this new kid, Lucian. And Morbius goes, all the kids who sleep in the bed next to me are named Milo. Your name's Milo now. And inexplicably, they're now best friends. Yeah, and also later, as Stuart and Charlene pointed out when we're watching it, uh, Jared Harris refers to this kid as Milo. It just becomes his name. It's crazy. And we're supposed to like this guy who has put this other name on this kid. (laughs) Yeah. That's not how names work, usually. <laughs> and uh, they've got this rare genetic disease. They need infusions of blood three times a day. Very rough. And across the street, a bunch of mean te- Greek teens heckle them. Oh, those Greek teens. Oh, that's what the movie Grease was about, how mean they are. So uh, uh, one day, Lucian passes out because his blood machine breaks down, and Michael Morbius fixes it just in time. He's just a kid, but he knows how to fix this blood machine. And Dr. Jared Harris is like, you should go to a school for gifted kids. And Michael writes a letter to Milo slash Lucian saying, hey, this isn't goodbye. I'm going to find a cure for us. And uh, then Milo like goes say... outside. He immediately goes outside, and the Greek teens tease him and beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> immediately without his, his dark protector. But, um, no, I, like, this is, it's funny to me that Jared Harris is like, Oh, there's a school for gifted teens. Like he's like, do you know a team of scientists had to design that machine and you fixed it with a spring from this pen? I'm like, yeah. Uh, he didn't have to rebuild the machine. <laughs> he, I mean, I look. I couldn't fix some Milo's machine if you put if you put that as a test mm-hmm. to me. But I don't think it's like amazing that he's like, oh, the power. I need to link the power. Like he acts like I don't know. I'm sending you off to spring school to be a spring scientist. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a, he's the world's greatest springologist. And uh, but it is it, it is like he's like you defeated their machine. You must be smarter than them. Uh, so uh, so cut to. I guess which 25 years later from the place we just were, because Dr. Michael Morbius is all grown up and getting the Nobel Prize for creating artificial blood. And Jared Harris was presenting it to him, which seems weird. He's not on the Nobel, maybe he's on the Nobel Committee, in which case he should have recused himself if his <laughs> former patient and friend and protege is winning. Also, if anything, he looks younger than he did 20 years ago. Jared Harris does. <laughs> Jared takes, not Michael Morbius. He, he not Michael Morbius. He Michael Morbius. Yeah. takes care of himself. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, they specifically say that the synthetic blood Dr. Michael 
Michael Morbius invented has saved more people than penicillin, which is a lot. That's a lot of That's people. That's a lot of people. It's a lot, a lot of, of people. That's lot like of, the biggest effect a superhero has had on the world. It's far, far better than the other stuff superheroes do, usually. Every now and usually. then they save yeah, the world. Yeah, destroying Sokovia. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, Hot oh, takes. Whoever talks about that these days. Yeah. Uh, at, at the uh, it's amazing. These good works came from this bad boy, Michael Morbius, played by Jared Leto, a genuine real life bad boy <laughs> who uh, le- uh, supposedly does bad things. Uh, so, uh, but we learn in the next scene that he rejected the Nobel Prize despite being there at the ceremony. <laughs> so I guess he waited through the whole. Could speech. have been an email. <laughs> he showed up. His mentor talked about what a great dude he is. He gets up to the podium and I guess was like, "Peace, this sucks." Walks away. <laughs> And he never really gives a reason, I think, as to why he... Yeah, he just wanted to hear everybody Uh, boo him as he stormed (laughs) off. He goes, goes, I feed off your hate, I feed off your hate, boo me. I think he says, like, I can't accept an award for something that was a mistake, which, speaking of penicillin, (laughs) correct me if I'm wrong, (laughs) like... It just seems like, yeah, just take the award. Take the W, dude. (laughs) Well, considering Dustin Hoffman won a Nobel Prize for the moment in Midnight Cowboy when a car almost hits him and he goes, hey, I'm walking here, which was also a mistake. That wasn't supposed to happen. I can't believe they gave out Nobel Prizes for moments in movies back then. It was a a thin year. It was a very thin year (laughs) for physics. That was the the physics Nobel Prize. Uh, so uh, Dr. Morbius is telling this all to a child patient uh, who thinks he's a real badass for turning down the Nobel, uh, and he's with his his uh, his love interest slash partner, Dr. Martine Bancroft, who says that she, you're, you are pushing yourself too hard. This isn't good for you. But she's figured out his secret, that in his secret lab, which is across the hall from where his patients are... <laughs> He has been mixing human DNA with bat DNA. And he's got a big tube, and when you press a button, it fills with bats like a money tunnel yeah, he's full got of bats. A bucket, he's got a bat zone he's in his... A... And sometimes there'll be talking, and we'll hear it, like, muffled as if we're in the bat zone yeah. watching them. And then the camera just pans out of the bat zone, and we hear them normal. It's crazy. <laughs> it doesn't... It's not... It doesn't really work, is what you're saying, yeah, technically. And you were pointing out earlier that he's acting as if he's hiding these bats. Yes. When, if you just turn the lights on, in the bat zone you see the, the bats. bats show up someone's <laughs> yeah. gotta clean that room is Michael Morbius doing the janitorial duties for that room I don't think <laughs> yeah, he's so just like, uh, uh, some science meant that there's a lot of guano in there <laughs> well that's, well, that's uh, the other thing is, there's no that's the other thing is the tube is guano free which means someone is really working hard because yeah. bats shit like crazy <laughs> and that stuff is phosphorus heavy <laughs> so so anyway uh, she finds this big tube of bats and he's like you know bat, vampire bat saliva has a unique anticoagulant and if humans could make that it would cure my disorder and it's like hold on dude so what, would you be like spitting into your own blood that doesn't make any sense hold on and, uh, and this is the first part where the movie is sort of slowly establishing over the course of the film that vampire bats are magic in some way and that they have supernatural powers without ever going so far as to say it and there's a lot of points in the movie that would make more sense if they were like, oh, yeah, bats are magic, uh, instead of this kind of made-up science stuff. Okay. It's uh, my favorite bat store in Brooklyn, Bats Are Magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and some local humor for those listening uh, over yeah, the podcast. I, I hope the people listening to the recording are also in Brooklyn. Yeah. 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 Uh, and she's like, this is too much. Uh, you shouldn't tamper in God's domain. And he's like, uh, big things only come from pushing boundaries. You're Just look at all the great... dude. Yeah. Well, but all, there, there are limits. I mean... But on the other hand... Uh, there are limits, but I, this is definitely one of those things where it's just like, oh, you're tampering in God's domain. It's just like, yeah, I guess, but in real life, you know, combining yourself with a bat doesn't turn you into a vampire. No, I'll <laughs> like, remind you, I'll remind you, Dan, this is a movie. <laughs> 
I get it. I just I think that you you've pointed out how like conspiratorial thinking has yes. been unhealthy for the world. Yeah. I think there are a lot of these Frankenstein derivatives that are like, oh, science will inevitably lead to monsters running amok, and it's just like, <laughs> no, no, science was it's gonna help us, guys. Chill out. Yeah. Worst case scenario, there's thousands of nuclear thousands of nuclear weapons just lying around. But that's okay, the bad not all. I'm just science, saying it's a double-edged science sword. Everybody. <laughs> Boo, Fine, you found a counterexample. I guess <laughs> everything I said was wrong. I did it. I bet you don't even know what, what AR stands for in <laughs> AR-15, Dan. Debate me. Anyway, <sighs> so... Anyway, so... I don't really think that. Anyway, so... Uh, anyway, Morbius is like, I'm just injecting a mouse with this human bat DNA, and the mouse dies immediately. Uh, but then they get called away, and they come back... That mouse is doing great. It's up and kicking. It worked. And it's and got like this little costume on. It looks like a real vampire. Yeah, yeah that, that is. It would have been so amazing if they came back and the, the mouse, they're like, wait a minute, this mouse isn't showing up in a mirror. Hold on. Yeah. I'll just feed let's, the mouse. Let's offer it this garlicky pizza slice. Yeah. Oh, it's shrinking away from it. Well, it's I'll just, the cheese, but not the garlic. I'll just do what I always do every day and baptize this mouse in holy water. Oh, he's burning. So, uh, and uh, this is the point where in my notes I wrote, uh, this is, they put a character, they put a patient in a coma, and that's why I wrote in my notes: Leto's performance is sedate to comatose itself, because this is a guy who's supposed to be kind of like a charismatic bad boy of medicine. And I don't know if you guys felt the same way. It, he, it's almost like he is already dead throughout the movie. He's so his energy is so low, and I wondered if he and not like Han Solo, who's charismatic and full of energy. His energy is so low that how low is it? That it's hard for him to carry a whole movie. Oh, really? and, and I wonder, do you think he was doing this because we all know we've all heard the stories that he was so into this character that he figured this character would have trouble going to the bathroom, so I will also have trouble going to the bathroom. And he was taking so long to go to the bathroom in between takes that it was putting the movie. Schedule. So, do you think that he was also like this character would be very low energy because he doesn't have a lot of Elliot? Elliot, was that a that's true a true story? story. Okay, I have to check. He apparently, would, would I couldn't tell yeah, it was yeah. a he joke about Jared no, Leto or he would truth apparently. About Jared. I mean, this is just a story I heard. I wasn't there. He apparently limp on his crutches to the bathroom and I guess you know close the door of privacy. You know, and uh, we, nobody knows what was going on there. But it was taking so long for him to go use the bathroom and come back that it was putting them behind schedule. Yeah, and they had I to mean, come up with they had to come up with a compromise, which is someone would wheel him to the bathroom. In a wheelchair. <laughs> it just sounds like, I mean, like you, as uh, as a man with two children, probably understands the joy of going to the bathroom and staying there for a while. Not, at, oh yeah, by myself. Yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. I thought you meant with them. I thought no, you meant no, no, with no. them when my child goes, my child who can use the bathroom by himself goes, come with me to the bathroom. But I want you in the room, but turn around, don't look at me. No, no. <laughs> and it's like, like this is weird. I'm Before saying, the show, I'm waiting to go into the bathroom. Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah. Oh, it's, I'd love, love to go in there, read for a while. You know. Anyway, but that's besides the point. The point is, guys, why is Jared Leto so so non-existent in this? Maybe I mean, that's what he thinks a smart person does. Oh. Like, maybe he thinks a smart person leans against stuff and closes their eyes a lot. <laughs> okay, I believe it. Okay, the thing so he I'm... leans on are crutches and his long hair and special effects. <laughs> So Michael goes to visit his friend, grown-up Milo, who he still calls Milo, and he's become kind of a decadent wastrel, who's still attended to by Dr. Jared Harris. Played and by a Doctor Who! Yep, that's true. It's what, Matt Smith? Yep, right? yeah. Matt Smith, yeah. yeah. And uh, Milo tells Michael, hey, whatever you do, if you find a cure, I'm backing you 100% with my money. And, and Morbius is like, well, it might not be technically illegal what I'm doing. And he goes, okay, I'll do it. You do whatever you need to, but, not, don't, but don't fall in love. Hold on. <laughs> which is weird, <laughs> which seems like unnecessary advice. <laughs> not only does he say it might not be technically legal, he's like, we need to do it in 
international <laughs> waters. True. Yeah. Cut to a Chiron of a ship. That says international waters. <laughs> international right? waters. Now, look, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on maritime law, Good. but. <laughs> and, and the topic seems fairly complex. That's why there are people who go to law school there for it. There are people it. who specialize just in that kind of law. But in my. In the law about how much time it takes to marry somebody. In my cursory. My cursory Googling of international waters. Look, one half of the audience loved that joke, and the other half did not like it. Which makes, we're in Brooklyn, it's a port city. There's half of the people here work in the maritime industry. My, uh, my. The stevedores were not happy Yeah, they were over there. No. Frank Sabaka's scowling at you. Yeah. My brief research <laughs> confirmed what I suspected to be true, which is that international waters is not the criminal's panacea that. You're that, saying. That popular culture would have us believe You're that. You're saying if they want to do this experiment, they would have to go on the money plane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm saying that if you commit a crime in international waters, you are subject to the laws of the country you're from. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, well, so they're not trying to become a vampire out on a boat, <laughs> I guess I'm saying. So they're on a boat with a bunch of boat mercs. A bunch of mercs for some reason. Boat in case any pirates come by and say, I'm the captain now. They've got these mercenaries. And uh, Michael Morbius and Martine, she's on board with the experiment now. Literally. And they, they mix the thing and the computer says, success. Because I guess the computer knows. And, uh, and they banter and then he hands her an origami bat and she injects him with a sp- serum and he starts convulsing like Norman Osborn inhaling goblin gas. And this crew member, Thank this, this, this merc come by. Thank come, you for putting it into words I'll understand. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I'm like, what movie's this Stuart scene? Hmm. Uh, what, in, what in the story of Ricky O could be in this? Uh, and so, a crew member, this crew member. Uh, head of like, the family, is there anything <laughs> yeah. there? Uh, like, nope. He almost gets to the point of ripping his own ding dong off. Uh, is that, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this, this mercenary comes in and just starts harassing Martine, which it's like, these people hired you. What are you doing? And, yes. he w- and then they go into the Morbius room. He's not in his chair. That's right. He's hanging from the ceiling, and he's got fangs now. He turned into a vampire, and the crew member is like, I'll shoot it. That doesn't work. And Morbius attacks him and bites him. He's gone feral, and he's just throwing himself around the cell, and the crew comes in, and they shove Martine to the floor, and he hits her, she hits her head. And Morbius just killing everybody in bullet time, and we get some cool morb-eye view scenes yeah. as he's stalking the crew through the ship. But this is like the weird... Like the- the, the mercs are on the ship, yeah. let's be honest. So there's someone that uh, Dr. Michael Morbius, the living vampire, can murder yes. that we don't feel all that bad about. Yeah, they're already bad no. dudes, yeah. Yeah, but it we is saw so them baffling gambling. to me. Because it's like, <laughs> isn't this your buddy Matt Smith's boat? Why do you have these angry men with automatic weapons who are arguing with you at all times? I mean, anyway. it's a good question. And I this, mean, is the, this is the first real action scene we see. So the action is, uh, there's a, a lot of like smoke trails coming off of Morbius. Yeah, he, he's, I, he I read that. both very fast and also very slow sometimes. <laughs> I, so he's constantly followed by these kind of either purple or black smoke trails, depending on what he's wearing at the time. And I read, or, or at least the Amazon Prime uh, trivia told me it was loosely, it was inspired by Pokemon movements. <laughs> so, because oh. I got it, well, it makes sense, because in this movie, they got to catch them all, all being vampires. <laughs> yeah, I mean, later on, like, it, it, later on, we sort of are able to surmise that these, like, weird CGI trails are kind of his echolocation, kind of, like, airflow around him. Yeah, something but like that, it, yeah. It, and, and at, look, at times, I He's honestly... He's not carbon neutral, let's just say that. <laughs> honestly, at, uh, there are a couple times where I thought, this looks cool, 
And a lot of the time, it looked like CGI mush, uh, yeah. especially towards the end. Yeah, one of his one of his powers is he can do echolocation like a bat, where he kind of zones out, and his ears get little ripples. Yeah, ears like get real wrinkly and ripply, yeah. And it's kind of like, it's basically detective mode from the Arkham games. <laughs> yeah, he's... It's, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to his full power set when he tells us <laughs> oh, about I'm it sorry, in I, I, VO. Spoilers. Anyway, Morbius wakes up, he, and now he's back to normal, except he's jacked now. He's no longer the frail Michael Morbius who looked like Samuel L. Jackson in Glass. Now he's like Michael Morbius who worked out for a movie role. <laughs> and he finally puts on a shirt, and he walks to the wreckage of the boat and checks Martine. He can hear her heartbeat uh, and watches the security video of him killing everybody and is so sick and he throws up, I assume, the blood that he drank. And he calls for an emergency airlift but takes the vials of bat man serum but they never say batman in it and that's here's where we get the stars of the movie fbi agents al madrigal and tyrese gibson and i will say this al madrigal al madrigal friend of the show he's been on our podcast i thought he came out probably the best of anyone in this <laughs> yeah movie. he made a meal of this shit yeah dude. he was he had a bunch of funny jokes he did not embarrass himself i want to see more of him in the movie tyrese he's tyrese is fine tyrese <laughs> Tyrese is fine as the guy think, that Al says jokes to and he goes, mm-hmm, and then yeah, walks away. He's let down by being the tough cop, whereas yeah. Al's the funny cop. Yeah, uh, and they, they're investigating to find out all the security footage was wiped and the bodies were drained of blood. Martina's the only survivor because Michael Morbius has disappeared. And Milo sees this story on the news. I do like that the police are immediately like, it's a vampire. Yeah, they do not. <laughs> there's no question. They're usual, immediately like, it's a vampire. Put it's out an APB dude. for a guy with a widow speak who doesn't drink wine. <laughs> Let's get APB I mean, all points Jared played. Leto, if Jared Leto's walking around, you're like, it's that fucking dude. <laughs> like, it's come a, on. He does so much to make it obvious that, that he's a monster. He's always wearing like a hood, real, real scary-like, and skulking around. But, but it, I, I did enjoy that, that usually in horror movies, there's a the part where some goes, look, these bodies were all trained of blood. It's a vampire. And they're like, sure it is, pal. Throw him in the crazy hatch. And then, no, you got to believe me. And a vampire's a killing person after person. They're like, ah, what's going on here? But here, yeah, they're like, it's a vampire. We've I seen mean, movies. Fucking, we know vampires. A fucking boat shows up with a bunch Full of, of dead boat bo- mercs yeah. drained of blood. I mean, That's a, a Dracula yeah, move, dude. That is Dracula. I mean, they, That's th- how he shows up. There was up. a vampire in Brooklyn just last month. <laughs> Dan, I hate to I hate to tell you it was actually almost 30 years ago. You're very what? old. How old am I? <laughs> you you aged quite a bit. Oh God. <laughs> but my youth. It is it is pretty ballsy of them to have a boat full of dead bodies show up since that literally does happen yeah. in Dracula. Like I wish Al, Al had just been holding the cliff notes of Dracula and put them down and was like, "Seems like a vampire, all right." <laughs> um, it all fits. And uh, Milo sees us on the news and is like, "That's my boat." And so Morbius, he goes to his lab. The serum is wearing off, which leaves him weak, and he's drinking bags of artificial blood for strength. He has this overpowering urge to drink blood, and he tells us in voiceover, because I guess he started a journal, that he, when he drinks blood, he feels... Yeah, he physic- like talks into his little vape pen. Yeah. yeah. He's physically strong, and he parkours around his office, and he's got... He can hang upside down like a bat, and the bats welcome him, he says, like a brother, which is ridiculous. <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, he's got echolocation now, like Stuart says. He has kind of ruffles ears and stuff. And, uh, but the artificial blood is losing its effectiveness for him. Soon he'll have to choose between drinking the blue, the artificial blood, or the red, the blood of real live people who have blood in them. It's, all, it's always about politics, huh? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Milo goes to Michael's lab, and, My- and Michael's like, I need some blood. I'm real jonesing for it. And Milo's like, hey, here's some fake blood. Wow, you're strong. Have you been working out? And he goes, I want that cure too. And Morbius goes, no, it's not a cure. It's a curse. Go, go. But later that night, 
A nurse is attacked by something vampire in the hospital, which also sometimes seems to have the power to make the lights flicker on and off. Well, so... So is, is the vampire just standing there pressing the switch? It's like... <laughs> it's like... Uh, you know, power-saving lights. It's supposed to like follow you as you go down the hall oh. and then turn off. That part makes oh. sense, but then later on, like all of the lights just sort of shut down, even though they're still mo- like the vampire's still eating her. So I don't know. The answer is the director thought it would look cool. <laughs> I like how you started out kind of explaining it, being like it's okay, and then you end up admitting that it didn't make any sense. <laughs> no, 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 none of that made sense. It okay. sounds like you're explaining it to the victim up before they get killed by a vampire. <laughs> like, don't, don't worry about that. You'll be fine. Don't worry. You'll look really cool. <laughs> the when lights you are not your real issue. Drained. Don't worry about them. There's a vampire stalking you. Uh, so the next day, uh, Morbius was they at work or something? And he hears people going, <laughs> "Hey, they found this nurse's body drained of blood." And he's like, "Oh!" oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and and Alan Tyrese try to arrest him, but he escapes by climbing up the inside of a big Guggenheim-style stairwell. And then he goes to the roof, and then, I couldn't quite understand this, he almost gets blown off the roof. What was this supposed, like, by what, wind? What was this telling yeah, us? Yeah, I mean, I think he, like, later on he flies on uh, wind he, he like can a vampire does, air right? currents. But was this trying to be, like, he's, his bones are lighter now, so he can't yeah. stand up to the wind as well uh-huh. on this roof. Probably. It's just a very, it makes him look like a real wuss. And <laughs> especially because Tyrese catches my one, him. My one weakness, wind. Yeah. So, so he, he runs away from the police, and then the next time we see him, he's in like a maximum security prison, and I'm like, that guy almost got a fucking Nobel Prize, and they don't have any actual evidence against him, right? Uh, Other than the fact that he did it because he's a creepy vampire. <laughs> I mean, they, the evidence, I guess, okay, What? let's say we're the, we're the DA. We're making the case against Michael Morbius. <laughs> okay, so we know Michael Morbius is a creepy weirdo with <laughs> a tooth weird full of bats. It's right we're Michael playing. Okay, yeah, and, uh, and we know that a nurse that works with Michael Morbius has been drained of blood. Who are the suspects? There's a guy with a big tube of bats, so let's start <laughs> okay. with him. Who are, I don't know who our other suspects are because there's almost no other cast members. <laughs> at, the, at a certain point, we have to start suspecting the FBI agents because they're the only ones left in the cast. Uh, I mean, I think that what's-his-face, uh, uh, Jared Harris, you know, he, as far as I recall, he's Moriarty, so he might be... Okay, fair, a, okay, a cool. And he's also, a, you know, a Russian nuclear physicist, so <laughs> that's, that's yeah, that's hard. Uh, and, but yeah, you're right, other than the fact that Morbius is a... Possibly known vampire. It's Jared Leto. It's just kind of wild that he is immediately in prison. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah. America's most beloved citizen, <laughs> Dr. Michael Morbius, I mean, under arrest but, tonight. But it's such a great story. Nobel rejecting scientist yeah. arrested for vampire murder. Oh, It's like, this, the headlines write itself. That's the headline. It, anyway, it didn't write itself. I said it, but you know what I mean. So uh, Morbius, uh, he, so he's, he's in jail and he's like, the fake blood isn't working. I don't know what to do. And the FBI agents interrogate him, and, uh, and Jared Leto's going feral, and he's like, I'm hungry. You don't want to see me when I'm hungry. Which is like, I guess their little joke version of the Hulk's angry line, yeah. but it's, uh, he should have said hangry. Yeah. He should have said, you and like me when I'm hangry. And, uh, and then Tyrese would be like, what's that? And I'll be like, it's the thing that kids say. It's hungry and angry together. You're so hungry that you're angry. So this fantasy like, version, Why would you just you're say angry? explaining slang to Tyrese. Al you... is playing, explaining tang, slang to Tyrese. Oh, okay. Tyre, considering, all respect to Tyrese, he is a man who saw a fake Martin Scorsese quote saying that Morbius had changed his mind about superhero movies being cinema, retweeted it, and then had to take it down when it was revealed oh, to him that it was a fake. That makes me feel sad. <laughs> it is a little sad. That makes me It feel shows sad. a fair misunder- amount of misunderstanding of Martin Scorsese's thinking, but, you know. Uh, 
anyway, uh, Milo goes to visit Morbius, and Morbius is like, maybe I did kill her. And Milo's like, there's no way you did it. There's no way you did it. And then he leaves and throws his cane away and stops limping because he's obvi- he obviously did it. Like, he's a vampire now. He leaves a blood bag and his cane, <laughs> and the, the corrections officer's like, I don't know, fucking care. <laughs> yeah. in, in Morbius' They don't pay me enough. I could understand if the guard is going to overlook a bag of fake blood. Because <laughs> maybe they're going to have a prank show. But a cane, a heavy-tipped cane has been left behind. He's just like, I don't know, whatever. Also that Milo goes Oh, in. this guy's got to do a Kaiser Soze thing and walk <laughs> yeah. away. That Milo's like, I'm his lawyer. I'll go in. And it's... And I guess they never check to see if he's a lawyer or anything like that. Like this, anyway. The uh, yeah, he obviously even Morbius at this point. I, I was watching the movie. And I'm like, how long is it gonna take Moron Morbius to realize Milo did it? But Morbius realizes it instantly. Uh, he drinks the blood Milo left behind, turns into a vampire, and just smashes through the wall because vampires can smash through cement. He tracks Milo down and finds him right after Milo eats a news vendor who is mildly rude to him. And uh, Milo's like, yeah, I killed that nurse. Anyway, Morbius, embrace being a vampire. It's totes cool because this is what vampire movies about white people are about. As I said in my presentation before the show, listeners of the podcast, you missed it. White people vampire movies are about how it's kind of cool and sexy to be like a criminal vampire who drinks blood and is kind of damned but kind of cool because you know you're kind of going to, you're going to get forgiven for it later when you get a job at your dad's company or whatever. So... It's fine. You can be a vampire for a little bit and sow your wild blood oats and then go away. But uh, they do a vampire fight, which leads them into a subway station labeled Front Street. Very, which... It's a very New York-style London <laughs> yeah, subway with its, station. with its curved tunnel and British-style escalators. It is really yeah. a... It's an amazing. There's a New crumpet York... selling station. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fact that the fact that as they're fighting they pass Paddington yeah. only proves that it's a New York station. Would you like some marmalade on your ticket, <laughs> as is traditional here in, in New York City? New York. If Paddington had been there, it would have raised the fucking stakes so high because I would have been like, "Don't touch that beautiful bed." Yeah. I mean, almost every action movie, the stakes are higher. Paddington's there. Look, the, con- the convicts have taken over the plane, and Paddington's on that plane. <laughs> The plane's then, full of snakes. The only good thing in this world, Paddington. Why yeah, is then, someone selling Paddington plane tickets? <laughs> the president's plane is being taken over by terrorists, and Paddington is on that plane. And, they, and we're in the movie theater, and Elliot's like, Stuart, where are you going? And I'm like, I gotta get on that fucking plane. <laughs> <laughs> gotta save that beautiful bear. <laughs> Just like Mark Wahlberg, if I was there, <laughs> nothing would happen. Uh, a lot of bad behavior we're referring to tonight. Okay, yeah. so um, <laughs> a lot of bad boys in the literal sense of doing bad things when they were boys. Uh, so, okay, um, so they're fighting. They're in this very fake New York station, which they didn't even give the name of a real subway station. Front Street is a real street. It used to be the, the eastern part of the, uh, the island, cool. eastern shore, yeah, cool. until the landfill filled nice, in really and created cool. more Thanks. of a downtown. But anyway. Directed, uh, but they don't have a station there. Anyway, yeah, sure. and uh, Milo fights some cops for a minute, and then he monologues for a little bit, and Morbius is like, I'm going to cure you. They're about to find the platform. When Morbius realizes something, wind, the kind of wind that comes when a train is coming into the tunnel. And he stands there for seemingly 17 hours, putting his hand into the wind to kind of gauge the aerodynamics. And then he just suddenly glides away on the wind in front of the subway train. And it looks so silly. It looks so ridiculous. Like a human leaf. I'm going to snope this and tell the audience that um, human beings are not shaped properly to take advantage of Bernoulli's principle. Okay. Uh, we will not cause lift and we cannot glide on the wind like a leaf. 
But just, just in case you want to try this. Don't try at it. At home. When you're on, you will fall to the ground When you're die. on the subway platform tonight and you feel that wind coming, that beautiful step wind. Back. <laughs> step back. Please stand away from the platform edge. Do that right off the bat. A helpful voice will tell you the same thing in kind of a passive-aggressive way. And then but do not really fight the urge to jump in front of that train and fly home because it is not going to work out well for you. You will go home, but only in the way that, that <laughs> sailors drowning... Only the way that sailors were drowning say it feels like going sure. home. Like a sp- spiritual, we'll speak of talking. Yeah, yeah, spiritual. Yeah. Going you'll, home. you'll go home to the creator. Yeah, yeah, you won't go to your apartment. Um, and your cat will be like, where is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> he gonna... should have the decency to die in, my, in his home so he can, I can eat him. Dan, you beat me to it. You oh, beat sorry. me to it by half a second. No, I'm proud of you. Anyway, so... So, uh... Morbius finds Martine and he fills her in. He's like, hey, I'm a vampire now. And while they're at a, at, a, at a cafe or a diner or something, he overhears some thugs talking about crime. And then he follows them to an underground science crime lab and, and throws them all out and makes it his own crime lab. They're, and this, this scene raises so many questions about how the world is. He's also Morbius a counterfeiting works. lab, but yeah. he's going to use it for like biological science. Yeah. The thugs are trying to pass a counterfeit hundred and the woman wearing the register is like, this is fake, I can't take it. He's like, well, how about you take one for yourself? And I'm like, that one's fake too, dude. (laughs) She just doesn't want trouble. Then you take this one. It's totally real. Don't use the pen on it. Don't. Uh, Sir, it it has a picture of William Franks on it. This is not... This is not a real... Anyway, so... Is that Top Cat? (laughs) This is... Oh, but when so when he takes my friend, over, my buddy John Lithgow thinks you should take it. <laughs> Nothing but respect for my president. Money. I don't understand. <laughs> you know, when they take over this, uh, when they take over the the, the printing press lab, <laughs> he does the bit from the trailer where the the thug whose hand is being shattered is like, "Who are you?" And he says, "I'm Venom." And yeah. in the trailer, he's like, "Huh, I'm actually Michael Morbius," but that isn't in the movie. No. So he just tells the guy he's Venom, and that's it, and it doesn't make sense. I know. He's, he's, so that guy thinks Venom came in and bothered him. He's like, Venom flew all the way across the country. There's, and there's the, the other earlier Al's like, this is weird, like that thing in San Francisco. And it was like, oh, I get it. Venom, wink, wink. And they just says, I'm Venom. It's like, all right, well, then why, why were they beating around the bush earlier? I don't. But yeah, so now he's, he's stolen a crime lab. He, I mean, he killed a bunch of people on a boat. He's stolen a crime lab. He's unfairly cast aspersions at Venom. Very difficult. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, Venom's having troubles of his own on the other side of the country dealing with Woody Harrelson's wig. So anyway, um, and uh, Milo threatens Martine at the lab, so Martine goes to Michael Morbius's crime lab, uh, which I guess he sent her a, an address change uh, note so she would know to go there, and she cuts herself, and he smells it, and he's tempted by her blood, and so they go up to the roof and kiss because she's turned on by his bloodlust. He says it awakens a primal hunger in him, <laughs> and she goes, me too. She doesn't really say me too, but you know. That's and then they get Burger it. King together. And then they get Burger yeah, the primal hunger for Burger King. Why don't we have it our way? <laughs> And they go, they go, do you want do you want soda with that? And he goes, I don't drink soda. <laughs> Unless I can use the cup to mix all the different sodas in the dispenser together. Not, not even diet soda? No, studies have shown that it also <laughs> contributes to obesity. <laughs> it's still not as good for you as water. <laughs> okay, but if you press the water thing, it's in the Minute Maid, so you're still going to get a little bit of juice in there. Oh! All right, I'll take a two-liter soda. <laughs> he turned into Max von Sydow by the yeah, end. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> This is just him and him and uh, in uh, 
that movie where he moves to the United States and settles a farm. What's it called? And uh, but he's strange a farm. No, that's not it's neither of those. Never mind. Okay, so the FBI agents they see the surveillance video of the killing. They see it's Milo, not Morbius. Great, Morbius didn't clear his name. Modern technology. And it's did. one of those things where they pull up the CCTV footage and they're like computer enhanced, and it's this perfect image of Matt Smith, who we had previously seen dancing. Did we talk about him dancing? No, we have. So. Uh, we haven't yet got to the, uh... Oh, did we skip the dance? He's scene? fucking feeling himself. Oh, baby. Oh, you know what? Because yeah. he's, like, you know fucking we, dancing we with his shirt Let's off. talk his about clo- this. The thing is, his clothes still fit, even though he's way more jacked. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So, one, he's very rich. He could have had them tailored that day. I don't know. That's Milo, true. He's and exercising. He's dancing. And then he, every now and then he just throws in front of the mirror like a vampire face, like, <laughs> into the mirror. Like, like, he's like a kid he's, getting ready for the prom. He's constantly fucking face morphing. It's crazy. <laughs> it's, I will say, okay, let's take a moment to talk about the face So morph. is that science or, ma- or is, is that science or magic? Because it happens I mean, really fast. I mean, it's the science of special effects that make his face <laughs> morph like that. Right? Oh, you mean in the movie? Yeah, I mean, in the movie. There's no, it's supposed to be magic or science. There's no magic mention in the movie so you so gotta it's supposed say, to be real it's like, supposed to be they morph that fast yeah it's how bad that vampire really bat fast. DNA vampire bats morph their faces all the time yeah that's why that's why vampire bats they go and they, they morph can't their trust teeth them. yeah yeah no, they don't morph their teeth. Vampire bats have the same teeth all the time. No, they don't even have fangs. They have morph. kind of little saws that they use to cut open cow right. necks, and they lap up the blood. They don't even suck the blood. They just lap it up like mm-hmm. a cat. Again, cats. Anyway, so but the uh, so but we should. It's it, Milo is really feeling so. So let's take a look. Let's talk about the CGI effects because I actually thought they did a. I thought they did a really good job with the CGI face effects in this. I'll give the effects people credit. Uh, by the end of the movie, all, as with all it's action movies, the effects kind of fall apart a little yeah. bit. But uh, the, but early on, I was like, they're doing a good job of, t- of giving him a little Morbius no nose because Morbius the Comics <laughs> doesn't have a nose. Yeah, there's no nose. Is yeah. that your elified no nose? <laughs> week? This week's elified no no. Look, uh, use CGI to take someone's nose off their face. Don't do it the Roman Polanski <laughs> way and just cut it with a knife because that's not okay. He does uh, that in Chinatown. Yeah, let's, let's, it's hot on this stage. Let's. Uh, all right. I assume it's also hot in the audience. All right. So, so the FBI is like. Hey, it's Milo. It's not Morbius, which is uh, they shouldn't show up on cameras if they're really vampires. But I guess they didn't. They, the see, it's also they're, those, they're living vampires, Elliot. Good point. The good point. It's it's also one of those movies where the cops are like, "How are we going to see who did this?" And Tyrese looks up and sees a security camera and goes, "Closed circuit TV." It's like, yeah, that's the first thing you should check, dude. <laughs> but uh, Jared Harris sees the news and they talk about Morbius and the and the news. They say dubbed the vampire killer, and I was like, say dubbed the living vampire. It's his name. Like that's his tagline. <laughs> But anyway, um, Jared Harris goes to Milo and says, hey, uh, I can help you. And Milo's like, I want help. I'm the vampire. And he slashes Jared Harris's belly and roars a bunch. he hits him with his, like, sonic boom punch. Yeah. He has this special move where he punches you and then, like, sound radiates. Yeah, because sound, because bats. And so, uh, and Martine and Morbius, they create an antibody that kills bats and humans. We would just call that poison. <laughs> but... <laughs> But I guess he needs special science for it. And then he makes two shots, one for Milo and one for himself, because by tomorrow he's going to need human blood. Uh, and Jared Harris is like, Morbius, come find me. And Morbius goes, and Jared Harris is dying there. And then Morbius, using his super hearing, he picks up Milo threatening Martine, and he casts an echolocation wave over the entire island of Manhattan and manages to narrow target in on Martine's heartbeat on top of a building. That's nuts. And so, and he's all morbed up now, and he leaps up and he glides across the, uh, the updrafts of the city, trailing yeah. purple magic smoke, like just uh, the, just the, the pot dream sure. he is. Yeah. 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 And, but it's uh, and she goes there and she's like, 
drink my blood, make my death mean something. And he's like, no, no. And he kisses her and she bites his lip. But then he gets her blood and then he drinks and she yeah, dies. Yeah, she gets a, he gets a, there's like a bit of splashback. There's some CGI yeah. blood that falls now, out. Now, Elliot, when you're watching this, did you start singing to yourself, feed on me <laughs> when you're not strong. I, I didn't. You drink my blood. No, that's very good. It helps you carry on. Do you, do no, I didn't start okay. singing that. Hey, Elliot, did you start singing... This turd is a vampire. <laughs> Set to suck. Yeah. Uh, and he roars, and he's going to go out, and Milo's applauding. He's right there, and they fight. They plummet off a building through a construction site. This building they're plummeting through is roughly 4,000 feet tall, and then they smash through the ground and fall another 4,000 like feet. A, yeah, it's like a weird cave underneath. <laughs> it's, no, like no. A, it's like a sewer canyon. Yeah. Like it's, now, I got to tell you, Elliot, when we watched this this afternoon, the, uh, we couldn't figure out how to dim the lights in the room we were in, so this was all just like a mishmash. You couldn't figure mishmash. out that, how to hit the lights. Yeah, you felt left out when we were singing, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> anyway, so, I, uh, so we, we, maybe this is a great climax. Dan Stewart, they watched it without me this, uh, this afternoon because I had uh, family stuff to do. I watched it on my, on my own, again, on an iPad while doing the dishes. So maybe this is a, maybe this in is the a beautifully movie theater, raw action it was, scene. Uh, all equally incoherent. Okay. Sorry, well, sorry. There's a lot of fighting and there's blah blah and there's smoke everywhere and until finally uh, Michael screams so loud that it lets out an energy wave that attracts a huge horde of bats who surround him Wait, and lift him brothers? up. his brothers? Yeah, his brothers. And I guess they, and, and they give him strength and this would make so much more sense if it was magic. Like, but it's not. It's science. So it's kind of the way that like, I guess when you're psyching up for like a varsity football game, like your, yeah. your team brothers all circle around and you're like, do it, do it, yeah, you can do it. You know, it does, I assume they do that. I didn't play football, but anyway. <laughs> And again, if it would be mad, if he was magically connected to bats, it would make sense. It doesn't. It's all science. Uh, and Michael attacks Milo with his last furious bat strength, and he stabs him with the killer serum. And Morbius sadly devamps as his friend dies. Uh, and the cops and FBI show up at this big hole in the street they made, and it looks so much like they showed up in the Bob's Burgers movie. And, <laughs> and I wish it was just a little crossover. It's not. And a huge tornado of bats emerges. Who knew there were so many vampire bats in the sewer canyons of New York? I guess there are. And Martine opens up her eyes. She's now a vampire. And Morbius flies up into the sky and then straight into the camera. Credits. Movie over. Thus begins movie number two. Because, okay, the credits start, and this is among the, the, some of the decisions made in Morbius are baffling. Some are not baffling. This is the most baffling to me. It's the first mid-credits scene. There's two scenes during the credits? Yes. And it is, it feels like nothing more than that, the second episode of the Morbius TV show, a couple scenes were tacked onto this one (laughs) to bring it to feature length. Because this Batman movie already has one Joker. Now it needs a second Batman, baby. (laughs) Yeah, so that's. Because we see as the vulture, Michael Keaton from Spider-Man coming home again, is he teleports, he teleports into a prison cell and he goes, oh, the food's better here or something. He instantly understands Hilarious. that he's in what another a la- universe. It's a fucking laugh line. It's, like, a huge, it's amazing. Huge the laugh crowd line. loses their minds. And the, and, the news is, and the news is going, a hearing has been set for the man who calls himself Adrian Toomes, who somehow mysteriously appeared in a prison cell, but of course not belonging to this universe. There are no crimes on his docket, so why would we keep him in the prison? We don't know. And they, and they let him go. And you're like, what does that have to do with Michael Morbius? That's really weird. That's the guy from another dimension. I don't understand. I mean, I love to see Michael Keaton always. It's like, yeah. you know, and his, playing Except his character Birdman. of Birdman, uh, best picture winning movie. <laughs> yeah. And so <laughs> he's played a Batman. He's played a man who played a Birdman, and then he finally played a Birdman. And so then we get 
credit scene number two where Morbius drive he's driving fast down a rural highway, all charges dropped. He's yeah. he's a legal vampire now. It's like the end of short circuit two, he's the first vampire citizen, I guess. <laughs> and he stops and he checks his watch. Someone's late to the meeting, and he morbs up as the vulture, Michael Keaton, the, in full armor with a mask on, so it's probably not Michael Keaton, now, there, but it is his voice. I want to pause here to say something very nerdy. He swoops in using his normal vulture suit, which I'm like, well, well how did he get He his built hands it, Danny on? built another one. But that's like from fucking Chitari, like, tech, tech that he got because he was part yeah, of Chitar. the cleanup Ch- yeah. team when the Avengers. You know, you, you know what I'm talking about. This is space technology. So in this one, he used Atari he... tech. I don't okay. know. Look, Dan, you just watched the Morbius movie. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna quibble I with how a guy built it. Goddamn nerdy. Yeah. Elliot. Good point. Fair point. You're right. You you pre- you inoculated yourself against criticism. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> This opens up a lot of questions. It does open up a lot of questions, and uh, and more. And Vulture shows up, and uh, and what's really funny is they were clearly not in the same place <laughs> when this is shot. He's like, or either, either that, or or Jared Leto has taken not reacting with the same level that his his co-performer has to a, to an amazing new degree, but, uh, and because uh, he's like, because a guy has just taken with huge turbine wings has just landed in front of him, and Morbius was like, hey, what's up, and. <laughs> And, uh, the, and Vulture says, hey, I think we should team up. And Morbius goes, intriguing. Cut to credits. Why would this be intriguing? Yeah, why? He's you not a superhero. He's not a supervillain. He's a doctor who's also a vampire. <laughs> why would it be intriguing for it to team up for it's what? intriguing because he's, not, he's neither a criminal. A potential Sinister nor... Six movie is a thing that Sony wants to do for some reason. Are they going to co-author a paper on something? What? <laughs> Yeah. I guess we'll find out the answers whenever the Craven movie comes out. <laughs> but it was it was such I, there was almost part of me that was like movie you made yourself worthwhile by having the most baffling scene I've ever yeah. seen where it was like it was like yeah these characters show up Ooh. in each other's movies and then they like hint that they're going to be in a movie together without ever wondering why these characters would show up in each other's movies yeah. or be in a movie together. These Sony post credit scenes are nutty. <laughs> um, a, uh, it feels like so we've gone short on this one so far. <laughs> We're going to do our uh, final judgments whether it's a good bad movie, a bad bad movie or a movie we kind of like and uh, I'll tell you something there's no uh, there's no video to cover this in the way that we do when we do streaming shows. But I'm going to run and pee as you give your final judgments. Wow. I'm sorry. Wow. I just really... Wow. I don't want to own Wilson all over to. you, but wow. I really need to. Wow. But I can hear... I will hear you from... Sure, the, yeah, over your thunderous I'll, urine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to say... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quickly say, uh, the first time I saw this in the theater, I was like, oh, there's part of me that likes the first half of this movie that feels like an old 90s like superhero movie where, like... People didn't think superhero movies were gonna be successful. So they so try to like, hide that it's a superhero. Movie. Yeah, they're like focusing on third tier cut characters. But this is a bad, bad movie. Anyway, gotta go. So, <laughs> Stu, well, uh, well, Dan runs off. Can't defend his uh, <laughs> argument there. <laughs> he is. He's, first, he calls himself a nerd. Can't argue with me. I'm a nerd. I'm not supposed to say his stuff. <laughs> then he's like, can't argue with me. I'm not here in person. I'm peeing. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Uh, it's hard to say. This is, this is a bad, bad movie. It's fairly boring. It has some good moments, but it's bad, bad. Come on. Yeah, it's a, it's a bad movie, although I, I did not like it until Dan earlier said the same thing to me about it feeling like a 90s movie where they didn't really know how to do superheroes, where suddenly 
my, the, it's the thing that where a movie that is bad, you see it when it's in the theaters, and you're like, that was dumb. And then 30 years later, you're like, I'm kind of affectionate for that dumb stuff. And yeah. then you see something like, that's like it, and you're like, this is dumb. But, you know, it reminds me of this other dumb thing that I didn't like at the time, but now I'm inexplicably nostalgic for. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a couple, like, the weird detective mode bullshit I like. But come on, I mean, it's not, yeah. It's, it, it doesn't take any actual risks. It's fairly boring. Well, I mean, it's a movie that doesn't, at no point during this, they were like, what should a Morbius movie be about? <laughs> like, that, and it's such a, it, I'll, I'll give them credit. It's hard to make a good movie about Morbius. Let's just get it out there. Yeah. It's not a character with a lot of what I would call potential. But, well, maybe someone yelled out Molten Man, of course, my least favorite Spider-Man character. And it's saddled with a star with, let's say, not the most star power. Yeah. And, uh, and also, it just, it's a movie that, I don't know, you know we've, already, we've enumerated a number of flaws, but let's just say that um, it was, it, the weird thing about this movie is that the studio that made it didn't get the joke of everyone on the internet pretending they wanted to see it because it was so obviously not a thing you would go out to see and just not understanding. And there was something kind of purely beautiful about that. In a world where people say sometimes we live in a post-ironic world and this was the first time where I really felt it where it was yeah, like yeah, yeah. oh they don't get that people are ragging on this movie <laughs> like they really think like P.T. Barnum said or whatever that all publicity is good publicity yeah. and they're gonna release this and people are gonna go crazy for it and they didn't cause it's a character with no- and they were like hey nobody knew who, what, who the guardians of the galaxy were and that made a, a boffo B.O. but you know it's it's a uh, now, no, there's, something beauti- there's something beautifully naive about that. Where, oh, Dan's back, everybody. Dan's back. Didn't learn his lesson and is drinking something. Hey, it's John Moe, host of Depression Mode, a podcast about people's mental health journeys. Guess who we got? Guess who? It's Jamie Lee Curtis. I look at life now as the game of guess who, which is simply the process of elimination. I know what I don't like. That's how I found out who I am. Jamie Lee Curtis on addiction, show business, and fooling people, all on Depression Mode from Maximum Fun, wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Manolo, we have a show to promote. It's called After Game Show. It's a family-friendly podcast where listeners submit games and we play them with callers from around the world. Oh, sounds good. New episodes uh, happen every other Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. It's a, it's a fast and loose oasis of absurd innocence and naivete. And Are you writing a poem? No, and just saying things from my memory. And uh, it's a nice break from reality. <laughs> Is that, are we allowed to say that? I don't know, it sounds bad. It comes with a 100% happiness guarantee. It does not. <laughs> Come for the games and stay for the chaos. Hello. This is a, a live show, and that means that, as always, it's me, Dan McCoy, with your patented solo ad read. Uh, sorry if I uh, sound a bit tinny. I forgot to get the digital recorder we normally use back from our tech man, Matt, after this live show. I have been doing this for 15 years now, and I still make dumb mistakes. But I'm recording it on my laptop to bring you all the great news about the people who make this show possible. Like, for instance... Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. 
Stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Products, content you create, and even your time. Squarespace has many great services uh, beyond uh, just being able to build your website there. You can use insights to grow your business, learn where your site visits and sales are coming from, analyzing which channels are most effective. You can sell your products on an online store, whether it's physical or digital products that you sell. Squarespace has the tools for you to start selling online, and all websites are optimized for mobile People look at it on phones. People look at websites on tablets. Uh, they're throwing them up on uh, on screens of all shapes and sizes, and content automatically adjusts so your site looks great on any device. At this point, if uh, I was doing this with Elliot, he'd be like, Dan, I've, I've got an idea for a website. Uh, can Squarespace help me? And I'd say, yeah, sure, Elliot. And he'd say, yeah, it's called... Uh, is it Morbin time? And it would just have a clock that would indicate whether or not it's uh, Morbin time or not. But because Elliot isn't here, we're not going to do that. Head to squarespace.com slash flop for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code flop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And that puts me in mind of microdosing because the next commercial has microdosing as the intro. You've probably heard about it. If not, just know that all sorts of people are microdosing daily to feel healthier and perform better. Our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC to help you to feel just the right amount of good. They're not going to make you feel uh, weird or crazy. You're going to just have a little, a little extra. You're going you're gonna to feel a little more relaxed. It's good for sleeping. That's how Stu uses it. Uh, you know, sometimes if I if I want to watch something weird on the TV, I enjoy it. Anyway, Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about Microdose and THC, go to microdose.com and use code FLOP to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that is microdose.com code Flop. And before we get back to the show, we do have a personal Jumbotron. This message is for two from Emmy. And two says, or wait, two, that's, that's who it's for. Emmy says, you are one of the most incredible humans I have ever met. Seeing you never fails to bring a smile to my face. I hope this message makes you as happy as you've made me. Happy birthday, babe. I love you so much. Uh, that is very, very, very sweet and a great note to return back to the Bell House for the rest of our live show on Morbius. Did you say something funny while I was gone? So much. Okay. So much funny yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. We covered, we covered a lot of ground on the now, podcast. You'll hear it when you listen to it. Now, normally on the podcast is where we recommend a movie that you should watch instead of Morbius. And obviously, when you go home tonight, you should fire up fucking Prey because it rules. Yeah. Have you watched that shit? It's amazing, no, I'm excited. dude. I, I, I love Tin Cloverfield Lane, so I'm excited it about It fucking rules. Like, I haven't seen an action movie in a while that got me that, like, fired up. It's, it, it's awesome. Go see it. If you like predators fighting bears and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but so you, normally we would, we would recommend stuff and read letters from listeners. But, but today. We're in person. Hey, we don't have to read letters from listeners. We can take questions from people, which are like, the, how do we do that? Letters yeah. that we've removed the middle part It's from. the original letters. Questions in person. Yeah. 
the original a, letters talking. There's a there's a microphone right there. Right there in front. There's a People microphone. Can, Everybody. Uh, I don't know how much up. time we have. I don't care how much time we uh, have. We're going to waste your time still. We should try and keep it to 15 or 20 minutes. But you heard him 35 minutes. All right, everybody. Not that long. So here, so before we have a, please line up. You're doing a great job, everybody. Uh, before we, uh, please, hey, uh, everybody, stop fighting. No, 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 put down that broken bottle. Oh, God. No, oh, God. There's a, so the, uh, I'm going to say two things. One very relevant, one not relevant to this. Okay. Uh, actually, the not relevant thing I want to mention, bring it. Okay, anyway, so uh, the relevant thing, hey, Everybody, we've all been at Q&As where someone's up there and they're like talking, 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 but they're not really asking a question. They're just trying to grab that moment where they can be a part of the show. Just like in, um, you know, those things where you'd go to the mall and you'd you'd take your picture and then they put it in an adventure, like they green screen your face on the hero and you'd be part of the show. Uh Anyway, uh, we really appreciate that you're all here. Uh, It really means a lot to us. We know you're, you're real excited about us, which is wonderful. Thank you. We can feel it all the way from the stage. But think to yourself this. If I was sitting in the audience and I was listening to someone say this and it wasn't me saying it, would I be interested in it? And if the answer is no, please say something else. <laughs> but, that's, but that's to say that, but that's to say not in, not in an insulting or a critical way because we're really excited that you're right, really right, excited right. to be here. So, question away. It's, <laughs> it's Morbin time, question wise. <laughs> Yeah. I, I guess so. Yeah. yeah well, that, I, I mean, very, very short. Probably... Only belly button questions, please. It's a very low microphone. The f- closer it oh, can come to. Oh, perfect. Yeah, there you go. Yes, thank and, you. And you should all be so amazed at my self-control that I'm not singing a song right now because I want to hear your questions. Okay. Later. I'll sing a song later. I'll sing a song later. <laughs> no, it's question time. Song Are you aware of the Morbius meal at the Look Cinema? Okay, you're going to have to define some terms in this question. <laughs> One, all cinemas are look cinemas. It's a visual medium. It's a look with an eight in the middle. It is a brand of cinema chain, and they have meals for their character movies. Okay. okay. What's so the, the Tartine meal one? is weird. <laughs> yes, and they had a Vampire Sunrise, which is a sunrise drink that I did not know was alcoholic. Vampire Bites which are pretzel bites that they've named Vampire Bites. Okay, so they don't really bite you. That's good. No, absolutely not. Um, and cheesy garlic bread, which has <laughs> wait, no wait, idea. But garlic so will kill a vampire. <laughs> I, I, you know, I guess you could be themed from one end or the other. Like, I guess you're, you, I guess you know, you're right. if, if, if the Monster Squad has taught us nothing, it's that... A handy slice of garlic bread can yeah, yeah, no, you're right. be just the thing. Yeah, for Jojo Rabbit, we've got our Heil hot dogs. I don't, I don't know, Look Cinema. It seems like you don't understand the point of the movie. Vampires don't like garlic is what I'm saying. I, yeah, all right, I get it. It's bad for them. Um. So, uh, so have you had this meal? Yes. Okay, and how I was it? I for my 19th birthday for our seventh showing of Morbius. We've <laughs> seen it. <laughs> And look, you made fun look, of me. You think you're, you think you're, because you're young, you have all the time in the world. You don't. There's so many better movies you could be watching. I know. Watch them now. I no, no, this is part of the Morbius gentlemen's that is the TikTok craze, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where we, everyone dresses up in a suit and goes you, to see Morbius. You dress, in a, you dress in a top hat and tails and go yeah. to see Morbius. Yeah. That was seven out of nine and a half. Oh, oh God. Why the half? Because I fell asleep. Okay. <laughs> Fair. During Morbius? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, well, Audrey also fell asleep during Morbius yeah. earlier today. Dan, so. being a good husband, uh, t- took a picture of her and texted to me with, with a caption that said, more like Snorbius. 
It's a true story. <laughs> I have a short follow-up question, which is, would you eat the Morbius meal? Yeah, I mean, it's just call it bread and, and, and pretzel bites. Yeah, it's, I'll eat almost anything. Yeah, I'll mess thing that. Yeah. Okay, Thank good you. question. Good question. Thank, Thank you. you. We all learned something today. You know what? The Morbius you know. <laughs> uh, yes. Hi there, friends. Hello. Um, Hello. So I've got a pretty simple question, but I want you to all answer this individually in your heads before any of you answers it out loud. Wow, and that's fucking rules. Um, <laughs> just I, I don't, I don't want you to bias each other. I didn't know Jigsaw and, was going to be coming up and <laughs> just play a game. <laughs> Would you like to play a game? Yeah, for sure. Um, look, uh, if you touched E.T., the extraterrestrial, would he feel wet or dry? That's a very good question. Uh, you know what, I mean, sir? You were right to make us... You are right to set the terms ahead of time. I, okay, do I have to write this down and then I'm we'll gonna, reveal it? No, I, I feel qualified. I might need to sleep on it. I'm going to say I don't see any shimmer on him. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would be dry. I feel like, in the words of The Simpsons, talking about Hans Molman, it would be like kissing a peanut. <laughs> okay. Certainly, certainly, when he's dying, he's, he looks very—he looks very dry. He and looks dusty. drier there. For yeah, sure. yeah. But I would, yeah, I would also think he would—he would be fairly dry. But I mean, you should stay away from ET's underside anyway. But that might be a little wetter. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I can already I mean, tell you're you, giving it. It's really struggling. More with this. thought. You gotta like clean out his wrinkles. <laughs> It's gotta be Do wet, you? right? You gotta clean him out or he gets sick. Me? <laughs> you, Dan, when we look for your tenth his birthday, his body's when we not got all right. Slide up for it. You said he'd take care of your ET. That means cleaning out his wrinkles. There's all sorts of chip crumbs True. in there. When I asked you to adopt that ET, you said that I'd be the one to clean up after him. <laughs> yep, it. you gotta take him home. All that stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna say both depending. <laughs> all right, I think okay. that's fair. Okay, interesting. Thank you good for, question. Thank you. Thank you. Very good question. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can handle any more brain puzzlers like that. <laughs> follow that one up. Oh shit! Uh, hi, Andrew. Last name withheld. Uh, I wanted to get take the opportunity to ask the preeminent Topeka Focus Bad Movie Podcast. <laughs> All right. As a native Kansan myself, I'm wondering what is your favorite or least favorite part of Topeka. <laughs> I mean, I can say right now, my favorite part of Topeka is the name. That is a great. I love saying Topeka. Yeah, I, so, so similarly, I've heard about a bodega there that's, that's <laughs> worth talking about. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I've never been to Topeka. I've only been able to vicariously enjoy or despise it through the words of our <laughs> listeners. Uh, and I can't wait to... We've got to do a show in Topeka. Yeah, my least summer, favorite part, yeah. I guess, is being unsure about whether we're being unfair to yeah. this. I You're like not. We've got to go there for say... like a week and then do a show that's all about Topeka. <laughs> I think I got this one. Okay. I think my favorite part is... The mall? (laughs) And my least favorite part is school? (laughs) Oh, look at Stuart cutting the Gordian knot like that. Oh, amazing. Yeah, he is the coolest of us. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Josh, last name withheld. Hello. Um, Thanks for coming. So first... I just wanted to pile on the subway scene. Um, The train doesn't stop at the station. It could be an it could express, be an express train, but you're right, but you're it's right. crazy. That's a good point that, it, that it, is not, it doesn't seem to be a functioning mass transit system. It seems to be the, the, the MTA is operating only as a Morbius pushing system. Yeah. It's a fair point, fair criticism. 
Yeah, and then uh, the, secondly, I totally forgot the question I was going to ask by the time I got up here. So uh, I'm just going to say you guys all have great shoes on. Today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Uh, Zach, last name withheld. Hi. Hello. Hello. So Jared Leto was pretty amazing, right? <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, I naturally, mean, yeah. Uh, there's, what a dream There were times when I was, like, not sure he was on the screen. <laughs> he, was, he was exuding so little energy, yeah. And it's probably because he was so method. So I was wondering what other movies could be improved or made worse by somebody going so method. I mean, almost all movies could be made worse by someone going method. There's so many people do terrible things in movies. Certainly be made worse for that person's co-workers. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. That's like... Unless... Hmm, let's see. I mean, human centipede, obviously. (laughs) Stuart, you're just taunting the one iTunes reviewer who was disgusted by how often human centipede was All the time. That's all we talk about. (laughs) (laughs) This is how I sound. (laughs) Like, why would you put that in iTunes review? I don't care how you sound. Method. What would be... Cats. (laughs) If they lived as cats. They all rolled their cats forever. At all times. Just a cat now. Yeah, that'd be pretty great. (laughs) For all time. Dame Judy Dench, now a cat, says that being a cat will not in any way interfere with her future roles. How she she uh, bequeathed all of her riches to herself upon her death. <laughs> a local Yorkshire family was amazed to find out that the cat they had adopted was actually famed actress Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> what first tipped them off that this wasn't a normal cat was the tattoo that said cat life on her tummy. Anyway, I don't really have an answer, but that's a good one. Yeah, let's end it at that. Thank you. Yeah. Hi, I'm Claire. Uh, last name withheld. Saved it. You caught yourself real fast. Ooh, good job. Did it. Mick, last name withheld. Um, I previously wrote in to say thank you for the podcast because it keeps me company when I'm hospitalized and things like that. Oh, thank and you. And I thought it might be appropriate to ask if uh, you have any recommendations for comfort sick day kind of movies. Hmm. Uh, my, my go-to comfort sick day movie for a long time has always been uh, The Last Unicorn. Uh, it's got the saddest soundtrack in the universe. <laughs> it's really. Yeah, there's like... But it's beautiful. So wistful for... Uh... Yeah, Dan, I mean, Dan, I'm, Dan, Dan, I'm a Pisces sun, <laughs> Cancer Moon. Okay. With deep well of emotion. I, yeah, it's sad because, like, I don't know. I, like, ugh. Dan, look at your Dan's soul. Dan's like, death wish. Like? <laughs> no, 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 I just, I feel like. Well, I, I mean, Dan's real answer would be, like, some kind of weird 70s Italian sci-fi porn, you know? <laughs> no, no, what I was thinking was, like, I realize as I grow older that I am becoming the thing that, like, bothered me when I was younger. I'm just like, oh, the people who were young at this point are now dominating culture, and Uh everything is nostalgia looking back to their culture, so I feel like shameful that the true thing is like, yeah, I want to regress to like, my childhood films, like, like, uh, give me a a slasher of the 80s, 
or something that I saw in USA Apple Night, even though I know all of the problematic elements of it now. Like, like it just envelops me in this nostalgia, but then I feel bad about it is what, is what I was struggling with oh, inside myself. And, you know, mental struggle is great for podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for me, it's uh, it's the that double feature singing in the rain and Wizard of Oz. Love them both. Fear, joy on film, but they also made me cry at the end. Beautiful. Thank you. I Thank appreciate you. that. And also, I have uh, the discharge hospital bracelet. You do. Two. Okay, great. Okay, stick around. Don't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> that is to be signed later. Yeah, yeah. For the signed. audience yeah. who might be confused. I'm collecting them so I can sneak into a hospital and kill nurses. <laughs> And because steal blood because I'm a living vampire. I'm a living vampire, so I need. But it's hard to get into hospitals these days, and they, you can't find blood elsewhere. It's not like people are just walking around full of blood. Anyway, wait a minute. <laughs> Hi, I'm Fleet. Uh, so first of all, I just want to pitch for Hinterlands. Thanks for the best for State Bar. That's, oh, thank oh. you. Yeah. My, um, thank you so much. I own a little bar called Hinterlands. It's great. Come visit. Yeah. You won the Nobel Prize for it, but you turned it I down. Won the, I turned it down. Reject it brutally. So I actually have a Morbius question that really confused me when I watched the movie, and I'm wondering if you could clear it up. Yeah, I need, um, well, this is, so they set up that Matt Smith and Morbo have, like, the same power set. Morbo. Yep. Yeah. How did, yeah, yeah. How did the bats pick which one to support? That's a good question. You're right. Just uh, political views that break no down idea. along. <laughs> because bats, unlike a lot of other... Here's, the, here's something I'm going to tell you. Animals that are awake during the day, like humans, are chaotic evil. Now, animals that are awake at night, bats, possums, uh, some people, but not most of them, are chaotic good. So they can just recognize yeah. the goodness. Ironically, Jared Leto... As we said, probably not a great guy. But in the movie, he's playing a good guy. Well, he's not that good a guy. You know what? I think it's just because he's just friends with those. Maybe they're the bats from the tube, and they just heard him and went down there. I don't know. Yeah, the bats are like, I know that guy. He's a good dude. Yeah. He's the guy who cleans up all of our shit. (laughs) That's the guy the tube bats were talking about. Yeah, we'll help him out. Hey. My cousin was talking about you. (laughs) Look at this guy. It's Morbius. Bobby! Some hey. kind of living vampire over here! Bobby! Forget about it, come on. Oh, I love these bats. Yeah. Well, you think you guys think you go have some blood? Should we get some blood tonight? Yeah, yeah, why not? Let's get some blood. Yeah, sure, we're bats. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's Thursday. <laughs> Thursday, blood night, get dressed up. Yeah. I hope that helps. I don't know. <laughs> and you know... You know those bats, are, they're biting someone, they go, oh, best blood, you don't get blood like this in other cities. Only in New York, best blood. It's the sure. You mean the blood on First Avenue, that's the best blood, fuck you. Blood on Bleecker, come on. Best blood. Best blood Sorry. in the city. That means it's the best blood in the country, which means it's the best blood in the world. Anyway, so. Uh, yes, you have a question about Sorry. New York bats? What if the New York dolls were called the, the New York bats, guys? Bit extended, Okay, anyway. Hello. Hi, I'm Leo, last name withheld. Uh, so in the past, you've covered the Nick Cageification of John Cusack, and tonight you covered the Tommy Wiseauification of Jared Leto. So yes. I want to know who is a weird actor that you want to see become an even weird actor. Mine would be <laughs> Ryan Gosling becoming Steven Seagal. Oh wow! Yeah, that would be an interesting transformation. Actors getting weirder. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Timothy Chalamet is on the Johnny Depp trail right Sorry, now. Sorry, Chal- Chalamet. <laughs> Whatever, I don't know how to pronounce his name. There's half the letters you don't even say. 
I feel like he's, he's hoarding I'm, letters. I feel like there's only there's only enough time for that for that pale elfin little guy. Before, <laughs> only so much time before he becomes a real. I mean, guy. I think Robert Pattinson is just on like a road to get his yeah, marriage dude. again. Yeah, and I appreciate that. Robert Pattinson is becoming just like the, your all right, my idea of what David Cronenberg is. I, <laughs> yeah. I hold in my heart that local celebrity Michael Shannon can get weirder. <laughs> it's possible. I see him walking around the neighborhood, his bag of beers and his mustache. You got a little more in the basement, Michael, you say? Yeah. Oh, that's the thing I miss about Brooklyn, just walking around seeing John Turturro yelling at cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, good question. That. Thank you. Oh. So, yeah, who's... Yeah, there's some, I feel like there's, there's room for a good, legitimately weird new actors. Yeah, who get real weird. Okay, let's put a Craigslist ad yeah. uh, for weird actors. Yeah. Must be weird. <laughs> Hello, I wanted Hello. to ask if you think this movie would be any better if the main character is Milo as someone who's misnamed by someone named Michael Morbius and then gets revenge by having the best dance moves. Holy oh, shit. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I Matt mean, Smith has so much more fun in this movie he is than the, the character with more in his name. Yeah, I think, yeah. You, I think you've, yeah, you've tapped into a much better version of the, of the movie. Uh, it is... It is uh, incredible that he's like, my name's Lucian. No, it's not. It's Milo. You're Milo now. Hero of the movie. Do what I say. Like, that's... that's and yeah, I mean, it's a, Lucian is like a perfect vamp name. Yeah, it is. It's it is supposed to be this moment Milo. of, like, showing, like, how cynical this kid is at this young age that, like, oh, the two previous Milos have already died, like, and I won't learn anyone's new name, but it, it really sets off this hero on a sour note. It makes that, me... Yeah, it, it just continues. But it makes me wish, yeah, that now there was a version of this movie that was not so um, morbid normative. I'm gonna call it, <laughs> where it's like, and, and that was more of the like, like kind of like a like a Oscar Wilde decadent phase type movie, which I guess is interview with the vampire to a certain extent, where it's like, where it's like. Yeah, let's be a vampire. Let's just, like, do bad stuff. Like, come on, we, we, we're vampires, you know? Yeah, because it really, it, I mean, it's just degrees of living vampire. <laughs> like, neither of the, like, both of them are murderers who yeah. drink blood. Well, I feel like there's a, I've, for a while I've been tinkering with, and I don't think I'll do it yet. I feel like I've never seen a really, I've never seen a good movie about capitalist vampires. Like, I haven't seen one yet that goes all the way. And it's like, make that movie. Like, Milo... Hollywood, you're scared to go all the way with your capitalist vampire movie. Like, Milo is clearly, like, he's a rich guy in it, but they never never want to go all the way to, like, a rich person who is preying on the, you know, the underclass or something like that. Like so you look kind of like society, but instead of faces coming out of butts, it's vampires. <laughs> well, I mean, society, I feel like society is, it doesn't really make that, it really, doesn't really say that message clearly. It does have a face coming out of a butt, but still. I mean, someone just yells society at one point, and that's, that's, that's the message, right. yeah. But yeah, uh, okay, you, yeah, it would be a better movie. That, that goes without saying. I'm taking control of this line. It is, it is hot in here. I apologize to everyone that it is hot in here. Uh, we will get through the line, and then we will say goodnight. Uh, but uh, your question, please. Catherine, last name withheld. Hi, guys. As a person from Kansas, I am uh, certainly wow. on the non-Topeka train. Okay, um, interesting. But I will tra- chat about that with anyone else from Kansas here. Uh, my question is, as a group of people who have seen both Death on the Nile and Cats, would you prefer to watch a film that is a straight-laced murder mystery, a la Death on the Nile, except for all the characters are the characters from Cats, or would you prefer well, to watch... Well, we know watch... it's McCavity. Well... There's no mystery there. <laughs> he's, he's broken every human law. Or... 
Would you prefer to watch a murder mystery with human characters, except it is in the style of a musical review a la Cats? Oh. You guys guys love (laughs) musicals. I, I have to say that you were describing the first option. I'm like, the second option better be pretty fucking good <laughs> for me to not go for the cat's murder mystery. Nobody leave and the room. Old say, Deuteronomy has been yeah. murdered. <laughs> it did. It yeah, did, for a second you were describing Dan's next birthday party. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Guys. Let's do a murder mystery birthday, yeah. but all of you please dress in leotards. <laughs> My name do a is... Lot of what I love is that Dan is presenting it like he's like asking everyone to do it, but usually he sends an email that's yeah. like, okay, everybody be here, yeah. you're wearing this. And then you open the door and he's wearing a mustache that has whiskers. He goes, oh, Dan, I'm Hercule Poirot. <laughs> meow, meow. Uh, I'll be investigating this meow tonight. And, yeah, I... and I'm like... Oh, I flew out from L.A. for this. <laughs> now that, that's how I know it's a fantasy. Yeah. Uh, I, I, well, if it was like our 50th birthday. Yeah, sure, yeah, sure, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Big one. Option A, option A. I go with option A. What do you yeah, got? that's option A. I think they're both... I mean, if, if, uh, for this question, option A, but I do, kinda like, I do like the idea of A. If someone could pull off a musical murder mystery like that where it's just people introducing themselves in song, I mean, that would be pretty amazing. But it would take... It would take Someone of amazing musical ability to do it. Mm, better than me. Whew. Thank oh, you. Oh, you really dodged a song on that one. Yeah. Good question, though. Yeah. Looking off into the sky. Yeah. Things going to start. I like to I like to leave the audience with an anticlimax at the end of every yeah. answer. Yeah. Hi guys. Uh, Sam, last name withheld. Uh, so every year, my wife and I watch. In October, try to watch as many horror, thriller, or just Halloween-themed movies as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, Hocus Pocus, et cetera. Yeah, yeah Hocus Pocus. Yeah. First uh, October, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ernest Scared <laughs> Stupid, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, are there any horror movie, horror thrillers or Halloween-themed movies you guys can recommend that, don't, that aren't torture porn or rely on jump scares? Uh, rely on jump scares. Uh, my number one harder. Halloween movie that I always recommend, uh, I don't, I wouldn't describe it as either of those things, is Night of the Demons, the original. It's great. Uh, yep, thank you. Give me at least one woo. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like kind of the perfect like haunted house Halloween party that turns into a demon murder fest. It's great. Uh, I would go for that sort of thing. I'm, there's some jump scares in it, but uh, Trick or Treat, the oh, yeah. Michael Doherty movie that's like kind of an anthology movie, but it's more like just different types of horror intertwined on Halloween. Uh, Elliot's going to say, what, Cries and Whispers, Hello. Well, everyone knows, I'm on record, Persona's the scariest movie I've ever seen, but uh, it's like these two women, their, their identities are merging. This is terrifying. Uh, but uh, if you haven't seen, you may have watched already, if you haven't seen the original The Haunting, the Robert Wise The Haunting, it's, it's, an, it's an old movie, but it's, it's very creepy scary. And there's, there's a scene where you're just looking at a wall, basically. And I was like, this is very scary right now. So, and there's nothing less jump scare than a wall. <laughs> it can't move. So that's what you I would could say. literally stare at one to calm down right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Thank Unless you. there Thank was you. a scary face painted on it. Yeah. yeah. Dan, would it calm you down to stare at a wall with a scary face painted on it? Uh, how cool is this face? <laughs> okay, good question. Next question, please. Yeah. We'll talk about this later because I painted a scary face on your wall. 
Hi, I'm uh, Wednesday, last name withheld. Uh, first, I have to complain to Cape because I actually use it as a um, for Vampire the Masquerade, the game that I run. Cool. It's, thank you. It's a very good game. Cool dude alert, everybody. <laughs> I want to ask you, what do you think Matthew Smith has done to deserve this? As a film career, it's not been great. Between this Terminator and I'm sure he's been in a lot of other bad films. Uh, he was in last night, so Soho. which is not good, but he's good in it. A, a movie I like better than Stuart, but yes, it's not widely uh, beloved. Um, yeah, he's not <laughs> post doctor. He's not had the greatest luck. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know really much about him otherwise. So he's gonna, sometimes he's going to be a Targaryen soon, everybody. Yeah. Some sometimes people just don't get the breaks. Sometimes they're kind of thrust into that. Uh, into the kind of... Are you going to ask head- me which Targaryen he's going to be? He's no, be- not interested. No, but- <laughs> sometimes sometimes you, an actor... Like, through if no- you need to... If for so- your own good sometimes feelings. Talk about okay. <laughs> sometimes an actor through no fault of their own gets thrust into what's called the heavy role, where they're just kind of hmm. like the bad dude that the hero has to, has to either fight or get over or whatever. But... Um, yeah, no, maybe he just loves making these movies. He's like, I want to be in these movies that are like not that good, and I'm like a bad guy in them. I also, he's just, oh, but he's English, so be like, that's what I want to do. You know, that kind of thing. As someone who came to the new Doctor Who episode starting with him as Doctor uh, New, as the Doctor, uh, I do think that also in those in that role, that there's a lightness that like tempers a lot of like he's he's got a, like a weird vibe, which is good and like. Engaging in what makes him a good like character actor for things, but I think that the lightness that he brings in the Doctor is not something that's there when he's like cast as the villain all the time, and it's not serving him well. I don't know. Yeah, he looks like a bad guy, so they make him a bad guy. But he's a lot more fun than he than that. So yeah, he's a fun guy. He's a fun guy. Yeah, he's so a real then, mushroom. Watch, this episode's gonna come out a day after something terrible about him comes out. <laughs> All right, Very all right, all right. We're so close to the end. We're two doing questions it, guys. Left. Got, what? Oh. Dos preguntas. Uh, hi, my name's Peter, and I was just wondering um, where you thought Milo got all his money. Oh, good so I, question. I, I, I think it's because Otis died and left him all the cash. <laughs> I, I mean, I did assume he inherited it, but did I think it was Otis. Did somebody Otis? <laughs> I mean, because the sad reality is a lot of Milo's notices died in the making of that movie, so... Uh, oh, oh, I didn't God. do it. <laughs> I said sad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, I feel bad about the thing I made up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wish. But, uh, so, uh, so, yeah, where did Milo get... I always assumed he inherited it, that he was a rich guy. I assume Morbius has money, too. You know, the, the Jared Harris Hospital of Greece does not come cheap. Um... <laughs> But what do you guys think? I kind of figured, like, oh, he's, like, this kind of weird, like, kid genius, and uh, maybe he had a little seed money and invested well in, like, gambles a lot. Online poker or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's maybe, he's, he's one of those guys who, he's, maybe all this time, he's one, because he certainly starts acting like a real, like a real showboating creep when he gets all blooded up. Maybe he's one of these guys who like just look, makes himself seem rich on Instagram and then makes money off of that. So he's always like, he t- he'll like go to a place where there's a fuselage of a prop plane. He'll take a picture of himself walking off of it and be like, hmm, returning from Dubai or something like that. <laughs> and he hires a bunch of women to like lay in a bed with him and yeah. takes a picture and is like, Tuesday. You know, like, like, this, is all, this is all gonna pay off when I become a vampire later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I just need to make enough. Well, that's the thing. Just on Instagram, then. he's been pretending to be a vampire all this time. So when Morbius was like, I have a cure, he's like, oh, God, I hope it turns me into a vampire because <laughs> I've been living a lie for so long. If it turns me into a Van Helsing, I'm fucked. <laughs> uh, Thank you. <laughs> and finally. Ah, hello. That's good. Uh, last question. Uh, what is goth and is Dr. Michael Morbius goth? Ooh, what is goth, and is Dr. Michael Morbius a goth? Well, that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) The the, the traditional... I would argue he's... The traditional stalling tactic. That's a good question. Mm, Good question. Good question. I mean, I just... I just imagine that... Look, there are two goth pillars in my mind. Go on. (laughs) On the one hand, I imagine Robert Smith up here above my left shoulder. Yep. And the other hand, I imagine death from the Sandman comics. With <laughs> <laughs> the right name shoulder. similar to Morbius. Yeah. And I think that uh, I wouldn't see them all hanging out together necessarily. Well, I mean, but Robert I could Smith see and death Morbius, you know, trying to, yeah. trying to be like them. So, yeah. And Morbius, yes. so. Morbius cares more, though. Isn't part of being goth like not, not caring? No. Oh, I don't, I don't know about that. Oh, I, no, I think goths no. care a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I mean, part of being goth is caring a painful amount. <laughs> yeah. It's, what, it's why you literally put a barrier of face paint between you and the world. because, yeah. But, uh... Yeah, I would say, I don't think he's a goth. I'll tell you what, I don't think so. You know why? He didn't choose that lifestyle. He doesn't feel an affinity with it. He's just a bad. Like, that's... Like, he's not... just because he, And he's, like, rocking, walking around in a hooded sweatshirt with the hood pulled down. He's like, you know, people... It, society's based on a lie. I'm a bad. And it's like, now that, now that I'm a bad, I can see it. He never, like, he never talks about his feelings except for how he feels now that he's a super hard body, right? Yeah, and I feel like you don't, you don't usually... How do you, you feel now that you're a super hard body, Sue? <laughs> we... Let's take a look at these thighs. Can we... I know, I'm not so I'm really comfortable with the way Dana's objectifying Stuart right now. <laughs> it seems like days. a good way to end things on a high. Yeah, honestly. yeah, fair. Yeah, fair. I, I fair. So I, you know what? So what are our votes? You say yes, goth. I say yes, goth. I say no, goth. Being a goth is Stuart, all about life stakes. I'm going to say no, goth. Oh, yeah. not a goth. You heard it not in court by a vote of two and to you one. Know what? Let's keep the energy going and say, that's the show! Thanks for being here. Thank you, Brooklyn. I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. I've been Elliot Kalin. Not a goth, but goth adjacent. So, uh, what's the story about Jurassic Park? Just a little park full of dinosaurs. Oh, yeah? They were Giving up on the idea of rhyming. Thanks to DNA, they brought them all back. <laughs> so, thank you. It's thank a very easy song to parody. Explaining the plot to Jurassic Park. Well, I only, that's only the premise. So there's this paleontologist named Alan Grant. No. Doesn't much like kids. No. He works with Ellie Sadler. Well, save, <laughs> save it for a, a many. Um, so. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.